There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Right along with Laura Reynolds as she talks to the auto designers, creators, and makers about the automobiles we love as we go Driving in Heels. It's Driving in Heels. I'm Laura Reynolds, your host. And on this week's podcast, I talked to Honda Motor Company about the first ever 21 Elantra Hybrid. Then we'll hear from Toyota Motor Corporation about the limited edition Tacoma Trail Edition. And we'll wrap it all up by hearing about a new report released by Ford Motor Company and how teen traffic deaths are spiking during COVID. So let's get started with Hyundai Senior Manager Product Strategy and Planning Division, Mike Evanoff and the Hyundai Elantra. First, I have to start off by saying congratulations on yes. the Elantra for getting yes. North American Car of the Year. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, it's a huge honor, um, you know, and it, it was a total team effort. You know, I've got a lot of recognition for it um, internally and externally, but, you know, I feel humbled because it's, you know, it's everybody. We're, we're all involved. Um, and it's the second time Elantra has won. Uh, the Elantra won back in 2012. And there's only two cars, that, uh, two other cars that have ever uh, received the award twice. But it's like the Oscars for the um, automotive industry. And it's just, we work so hard for it. And, you know, you get the big first part, you know, the first amount of uh, nominees and you get down to the finalists. And then it's just like, um, you know, I was watching that live and it was like, uh, it was just incredible. It was so much. It's, it's so it it all the hard work pays off when you get that award. Well, I, I, I just wish I could have been there in person to yeah. to see it and not electronically, <laughs> digitally. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you guys have a party and did you get a raise? Uh, not yet. Uh, my CEO has uh, said that we will definitely do something once we all get back and can, can get back together. Um, so looking forward to that. But um, yeah, different, you know, different times, different uh, situations. But uh, yeah, looking forward to celebrating with the team once we all can uh, somehow get back together. So what are some of the tweaks that happened that you think uh, brought you this award? So I think, you know, there was three development uh, priorities uh, in working on the new Elantra. Um, it was, you know, striking design, uh, advanced technology, and advanced powertrains. And I think well, the team delivered on all three in spades. Um, and I think that's what put uh, Elantra to the top uh, of the list for, for 2021. Well, let's go ahead and give everybody a walk around so we can start grueling. Okay, um, so I guess we'll start with you know styling, um, definitely a striking design. Um, you, you know the, the, the you know the, the sedan segments of declining um, a lot um, with the popularity of CUVs, and as other manufacturers actually exit the the sedan markets, you know I think Hyundai really doubled down uh, on the sedans on Sonata first, and now 
to follow that up with Elantra. Uh, and so they really pushed the envelope. Um, overall, I always talk about, um, you know, the, the dimensions on the car overall, it's uh, based on or, uh, versus the outgoing model, it's longer, lower and wider. And anytime you do that, you know, you really help the proportions. And I think stylists have a lot of opportunity with, with the sedans, uh, as opposed to the CUVs, because they can really kind of push the envelope. So the proportions um, definitely improved, uh, definitely, I think, uh, stronger than, than some of the competition that still remains uh, in this segment. Um, but definitely, you know, you start at the front, it's got our cascading grill, which, you know, every, every one of our models has had this for a while, but each time a, a new model comes out, um, it's the interpretation's a little bit different. So it's not like all the cars look the same. It's still the same idea or architecture, um, but the styling wise, it's a little bit different. If you move to the side, um, definitely that longer, longer profile, but we also, you know, like I said, made it lower, but also the rear of the car, we called it the C-pillar, the but that's where the roof heads down to the trunk. Um, we made that a much faster rake to give it a more coupe-like appearance um, and actually makes the deck a little, little bit shorter, so it looks like kind of a four-door coupe. And there's also a, a very striking design element uh, in the side, in both the fenders and the you know, front and rear doors. Um, it's like, a, I've heard some people talk about it as like a, the, the Zorro Z, um, but it's like a, it's a triangular shape, but it's got real 3D depth to it. And it's, you can kind of see it in some pictures, but when you see it in person, you can really tell um, the depth that's in it. And from a, from a manufacturing standpoint, you know, much, very much of a challenge because um, they all have to, all the lines have to go through all the panels and line up. And um, so, you know, the engineers and the stylists work very hard together um, to make that happen. And then moving to the rear, uh, a lot of horizontal lines um, are available. LED headlights, our taillights uh, extend all the way across from the very outer edges, you know, through the deck lid or through the trunk uh, to give it a very much uh, a wide look uh, and a look of stability and width. There is so much to talk about with this. I, I know, I know. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's easy for it's easy for, as a product planner to talk and launch this car because there's so much to talk about. But um, yeah, then if you move to the inside, um, once again, the designers and the engineers work very closely together. Um, it's a more of a driver focused cockpit um, that kind of, you know, cocoons the driver, but also, you know, the top of the dashboard is very low. Um, and so that's where the engineers really had to work hard to make, you know, the, 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 air conditioning or heating vents a lot thinner, um, just a look of width across the thing, across the dashboard. You know, I get into a lot of cars and you, you feel a little claustrophobic, especially today with, you know, all of the increase in crash regulations, you know, all the belt lines, all the door panels have gotten higher. Everything seems to be, you're sitting in the car, you know, down in the car. Um, I get in some old cars from like the eighties and nineties and almost feels like you're sitting on top of it, you know, cause you're looking around, you've got so much visibility. So it's a challenge um, for the designers and the engineers to make, you know, something feel not claustrophobic uh, and give you uh, a sense of uh, openness and airy feeling. And also the interior is a lot bigger too, since the wheelbase has been stretched, um, you know, rear seat legroom is, has been increased. And I talked about, you know, lowering the roof line and making that fast rake uh, on, at the rear of the car. Uh, rear seat headroom is actually identical to the outgoing model. So it's a new platform. So that allows us to put the, the seats a little bit lower um, and basically, you know, no compromises uh, on the interior. Man, you know, the changes that you've made to the exterior, definitely the wider stance makes it look more sleek. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. And then 
what did you call it again? You, uh, the Zorro sign. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. O- overall, overall, the 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 design um, um, philosophy is sensuous sportiness, and that was first launched. Yes. It was first launched on Sonata, and then there's kind of a sub-theme for a launcher because we don't want to make every car look the same, as I mentioned. Uh, parametric dynamics was kind of the theme for a launcher, so it's a little bit more angular. Uh, to me, Sonata is a little bit more organic, um, so they look, you know, very different uh, in appearance. Um, but yeah, that rear, that rear styling or that uh, side styling element definitely, you know, sets a launcher apart from, from a lot of the competition. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It made it a lot more sportier, mm-hmm. you know, putting that in there. And it must have driven your team nuts to try to line all that up. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work to do it from you know manufacturing standpoint, but uh, I think everything absolutely came, came through fine. Oh, man. So we've got to talk about, now that we've you know, taken a walk around, mm-hmm. got to talk about the hybrid. Yes. This is an exciting time. Yes. So it's, it's the first hybrid powertrain uh, for Elantra. Um, you know, currently we have the Ionic, uh, which has three electrified powertrains, but now we bring hybrid to the more mainstream uh, model. And, you know, in, in general, we didn't want, the styling is basically identical. So, and then the packaging in the trunk is identical to the gas car. Um, so we didn't want to make it, you know, too odd looking. Um, so, you know, not, it's not change for change sake uh, on the hybrid, but the powertrain, I mean, you still have all the technology, which I'm sure we'll get into uh, in general, but you get up to 50, uh, the standard miles per gallon is 54 combined and, and 56 highway. And for what I determine or deem a, uh, a large compact car or a compact segment car um, to get 54 is, is pretty remarkable. Um, and it's still, you know, acceleration wise, the engineers worked really hard. The powertrain guys worked and gals worked really hard um, to have that acceleration feel. Uh, we measure it in G forces. So when you, you know, tip into the throttle, um, it's actually got more G feel or, or acceleration feel than the gas only car, just a little bit, but accelerates very well. Um, it's got 139 horsepower and 195 pound feet of torque is what you, what you really feel. And they really maximize that electric motor um, to help that acceleration feel and handling wise, you know, it's got a multi-link rear suspension. Um, I think sometimes manufacturers tune back the hybrids a little bit softly. Um, we didn't necessarily do that. Um, it's not harsh or the right quality is still very good. So especially with the multi-link rear suspension, but it's actually, you know, a fun to, fun to drive car um, for a hybrid and you still get 54 miles per gallon, which is phenomenal. That's insane. Yep. yep. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. that that's your selling point right there, I think. Mm-hmm. Either that or the MSRP. It, it's a toss up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you mentioned driving it. Tell us what it's like to drive it. So yeah, it is. Is it actually fun to drive? You know, I always had the expectation in, in getting into a hybrid. Um, production just started in December, so we're going to be rolling out to dealers uh, probably next month. Um, so any of the cars I've driven were pre-production, and changes you know happen along the way. Um, and I'm a very sporty car enthusiast, so a hybrid's not always my first choice. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised that the the reaction from the steering, from the handling. Uh, from the body control, the acceleration feel I talked about, um, I think is very good. And, and like I said, there's no compromises in the experience and you get the benefit of the uh, increased miles per gallon. Now that's an endorsement right there. If you're talking about you're a sports car guy, yeah. you were surprised <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and talk the tech that's in these cars. 
So absolutely, that was one of the three pillars. Um, we want to provide the most technology. Um, I guess I can start. There's so much to talk about. I always have difficulty because there's so many things to hit on. But um, starts with wireless uh, Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, which is a first in the segment. Um, so it's nice. You just get in the car, you put your phone in the wireless charger or whatnot, um, and it just automatically automatically connects, and you don't, don't have to worry about cables. I'm all, also a little OCD, so cable management is always <laughs> an issue for me. So, <laughs> um, so that always kind of bothers me how I route the cables and everything. So this is really clean and simple, and it and it works well. And that's for both Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Um, also, what we launched on Sonata, it's um, <clears throat> our Hyundai Digital Key. So you can use, in addition to the normal keys that you'll get, the, the proximity or the, or the smart keys, um, you can also use an Android device um, to gain access to the car. You just walk up to the car, hold it about a half an inch from the door handle, and it'll unlock the doors. Uh, you get in, you put it in the wireless charger that authenticates the, the connection, and then you can just press the button, start the car and go. Um, so you can lock and unlock it with your phone. Um, you can also, since it is a digital key, um, you can share the key uh, through the app uh, with friends or family. Um, I will say it's a very secure situation. Um, we first started talking about that. Some people were concerned about, you know, I don't want to have digital keys floating around, but it's a very, you know, the team worked very hard to, to make sure it was a very secure connection. Um, and you can also <clears throat> revoke the key if you want. And so you can share the key, take the key back, allow it for a certain time or limit what you can do. <clears throat> like if I want to let my daughter get something out of the trunk and, you know, I'm at work or whatever, I can let her do that and she can gain access to the trunk with her phone. Um, so it's, it just gives you a lot more flexibility other than just, you know, the traditional keys that we're all used to. And then also, I guess the, um, the, the screens. So in all the focus groups I've been in, you know, screens and displays have gotten so much more advanced over the years, uh, larger. I'm happy to say a launcher has available, I call it the 10.25 inch duals. Uh, the digital instrument cluster uh, is 10.25 inches. And then the navigation next to it is also 10.25 inches. And it's actually combined under one piece of glass. So it's a very, very seamless integration. You don't have two different screens. It's all just one screen um, in front of the driver. And we actually tilt the navigation and that whole center stack 10 degrees uh, towards the driver to give them that just more of a, of a cockpit feel. So <clears throat> a lot of technology, um, you know, it goes on and on. We have obviously have wireless charging, um, you know, Bose premium audio, you know, we can get into the safety features because that's a whole nother, whole nother area of, of technology. But I think shoppers and buyer owners will find that um, it integrates seamlessly, you know, and technology, a lot of times technology is, it can be frustrating because um, there's just a lot to learn, a lot to interface with, um, but and we call it HMI, human machine interface. Um, but I think our software engineers, our infotainment guys and gals um, work very hard to make it really seamless into your life. They don't want it to be challenging. I get into some other, some other vehicles and it's like really frustrating. It's like, how many, how many things do I have to push to get to some menu and do this? And so we really work to make it um, very intuitive uh, and like I said, integrate with your life um, seamlessly. Well, let's talk trims and colors. Uh, let's see, so uh, seven, seven, eight colors, I believe we try and, you know, you always have the, um, 
the core colors. Uh, colors are, are a very big trend. They, they come and go. Um, we have a whole team dedicated just to trims and, and exterior interior colors. Um, so we have the core colors, but then we also want to add some vibrant colors. Like we do have a lava orange um, and, and the, the blue is very cool. It's a very bright blue. So, yeah. so and then interior wise, it's more, you know, it's a little bit more traditional. We have black and gray cloth. Um, we do have uh, on the top trim, the limited it's an interior we call melange, which is like a combination. So it's like a lighter gray. Um, and we actually, the way the door panels are a little bit different from one side to the next to once again, give it that driver focus. But we always, always want to bring some style uh, into the interior because obviously that's where you spend, you know, all your time. Now, if Mike was building his Elantra that he's going to be parking in his driveway for the next couple <laughs> years, yep. what would Mike build? Uh, it's the one coming next year. <laughs> <laughs> So we, uh, you know, in addition to the, the gas car, the two liter gas car and the hybrid, we also have N-Line, which is, you know, it could be a whole nother interview about the N-Brand that we just launched with Veloster N, which I'm personally driving. Um, so N-Line launches with a, a 1.6 liter turbo and 201 horsepower, uh, both a manual transmission, which I'm very happy to say. I always want to keep three pedals in the family uh, for the right, you know, for the right application. Uh, and also a seven-speed dual clutch, um, you know, larger wheels, you know, 18-inch wheels and tires, different exterior elements, uh, different interior elements. <clears throat> but next year, um, we have a Lantra N. So that'll be powered by a two liter turbo, uh, 276 horsepower, and 289 pound feet of torque. Uh, once again, with a six speed manual or an eight speed uh, dual clutch, uh, wet clutch transmission. So with the higher outputs, um, you know, the wet clutch transmissions are required for, for higher torque ratings. Um, so it's basically, if anybody's familiar with Veloster N, it's a lot of the same powertrain and, and elements of that that go into Elantra N, like 19 inch wheels, um, electronic or hydra hydraulically controlled limited slip differential. I mean, I could go on and on on this car. I can't, I can't wait for this car. My first, my first pre-production cars are coming in, I guess, early this year and we're already in 2021. Um, so I'm looking forward to driving that car because um, that's that's going to be a blast. Well, when you tease us like that, that means I put you on the calendar to talk to you later. Come back to me. I'll be more than happy to talk about that one. <laughs> that is awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything that we've talked about with the Elantra, I mean, from the new styling, you know, mm -hmm. interior, uh, better tech and everything, hit us with the MSRP because that's going to blow some people's minds. Yeah, so it actually starts at 19650. Um, and it's, um, you know, and you get a lot for that. I mean, that's, that's the entry car. But you know, if we talk about, you know, some of the safety tech, um, we've got standard forward collision avoidance assist, standard blind spot collision avoidance assist, which in all of our research, uh, blind spot collision is always in the top three. Um, you've got lane following assist, which actually centers the vehicle uh, in the lane when it's activated. It's different than lane keep assist, because it doesn't those systems sometimes kind of ping pong back and forth um, but lane following actually keeps it centered so then you move up to that's the se trim then you move up to the sel which starts at twenty thousand nine hundred, and then finally the limited which is full boat um, you know the navigation all the screens uh, even some additional safety features such as rear parking uh, collision avoidance assist uh, that's at twenty five four fifty. 
And then the end line starts at 24,100, which I think is a great value, especially for the performance it provides. And then the hybrids uh, starts at 23,550 and maxes out at 21,100. So a lot of value throughout the lineup, um, a lot of options, you know, in the powertrains and, and the technology. But we try and make as much of a possible standard. But then again, once you, as you migrate and move up through the lineup, um, you get more value and, and just, you know, more features as well. It's just amazing you did all that for that price. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's very competitive segment. Um, we understand that very, very well. Um, you know, there are still some strong players there. Um, some have walked away, but um, you know, we're hoping to gain market share, uh, especially because of that. I mean, the segment's still forecasted to be just under a million units. So it's not insignificant. And as you get less fish in the pond, I guess, um, you know, there's, there's, there's opportunity there. So we understand the importance of, of giving the value, giving the price point, uh, giving the technology and giving everything we can. So what are you seeing demo-wise of people that are interested? Um, it, it, it varies. Um, you know, I have the demos on, on the outgoing model. Um, it's a little early right now for the new model because it just went on sale. Um, but we definitely were targeting uh, a younger buyer. Um, everybody talks about millennials and, you know, they, I think, you know, they're okay with sedans. I think they're more, sometimes more comfortable with the lower seating position. Um, you know, so, but all the technology you can get, um, we definitely wanted to attract uh, a younger buyer. Uh, and I think, I think we'll be able to definitely achieve that. Well, I know you said it's going to be in dealerships like in another month. That's uh, that's the hybrid. Yeah, so the hybrid. Okay. Yeah, the gas the gas went on sale uh, at the end of last year. I think like November, uh, November December started rolling out. Um, so and then the end line is just coming out now, and then the hybrid next month. So what are what's some of the feedback that you're hearing? Very positive, um, especially when you get North American Car of the Year. That's about the strongest feedback you can get. Um, so it's been very positive. Dealers have been really receptive to it. They like enjoy the car from what I've heard. You know, people looking at it, um, very impressed. Uh, and definitely it's been very positive. You know, we do an early buyer feedback study. Um, we'll be doing that shortly. We have to get enough vehicles in, in, in market um, and let them experience the car at least for a little bit. So we'll get, you know, additional feedback. It's still early, um, but um, it's everything's been positive. So far. That is awesome. Well, Mike, is there anything you're like, why isn't Laura asked me this yet? It's the most important thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we've, we've covered everything. I just, you know, I, I just, I'm very proud that, that Hyundai is, it's, you know, stayed within the sedan market, believed in it. Um, you know, traditionally Hyundai, that's, you know, how they started with cars. <clears throat> and, you know, we've expanded the CUV lineup. I think it's seven now. Um, so we've got that, you know, that offering as well, but, you know, we've definitely, um, you, know, you know, doubled down on the sedan market and just want to, you know, remain there. And because and, there are sedan and tenders, there are people who just like sedans or smaller cars. And that this car is not small. Um, it seems like every generation gets a little bit bigger. But there are people who just don't consider SUVs and they just want to stay within a sedan. So I think we definitely have a product that's um, a strong offering for them. I think you do. I think you have a winner on your hands. Thank you again to Mike Evanoff for joining us. When we return, we'll hear more about Toyota's limited edition Tacoma Trail Edition. And if you're interested in it, you better hurry. There's only 7,000 available. We'll talk to Vehicle Marketing Series Planning Analyst Yash Shah next on Driving in Heels. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. 
That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is Driving in Heels with Laura Reynolds. Each week, Laura talks with auto manufacturers to keep you in the know about the latest and greatest in the cars, trucks, and SUVs you love to drive. Here's more Driving in Heels with Laura Reynolds. I'm Laura Reynolds, and you're listening to Driving in Heels. And in this segment, I'm talking to vehicle marketing series planner analyst Yash Shawa about Toyota's mid-sized truck, the Tacoma. It's leading sales for 15 years in its segment, And next, we'll talk about the special limited run trail edition. So there's a lot of exciting stuff going on for our 21 model year Tacoma. So we've actually launched two new special edition packages. We have our all new trail edition package, which is catered to more of our outdoor enthusiasts. We have really great features that we've added on there, such as a a loadable storage box with an insulated cooler, 120 volt outlet, all terrain tires. So just a lot of really great exciting stuff for anyone who wants to go outdoors and enjoy it with this new special edition and then on top of that we also have our all new nightshade edition which is more of an appearance package which is based off our limited gray but it adds a lot of really cool styling elements it adds a black uh, mirror cap black grill darkened wheels so just really cool stuff we can look forward to in 21 model year i gotta say i love the nightshade edition I mean, it just looks so cool and sleek. It's like something Batman would drive. Absolutely. And that's what we're going for. We're going for something that looks, it just really pops out and stands out to someone who wants a really cool on-road Tacoma. Yeah. Can you do a little bit of a walk around of the Nightshade Edition for us? Yeah, absolutely. So we have an 18-inch dark smoked wheels that we'll have on there. We'll have darkened chrome grills with a new design insert, black mirror caps, black fog light bezel, we have black bag- badging all throughout the, the rear and in front of the Tacoma. So we'll have um, Tacoma lettering with black inserts on there and then also black exhaust tips and black door handles. So a lot of black on there. This is one of the times that I wish I was doing a TV interview instead of radio because you have got to <laughs> see this edition. It's so cool looking. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is this the one that Yash would drive? It. You know what? I would split my time between the Nightshade and the Trail Edition because they both have their pros to it. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about the Trail Edition. And I know those wheels look badass, and I can say that it's on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've added some new all-terrain tires on there, and so they look really great. Great for getting your truck out there on those off-roads, and then We just really cater this truck to anyone who's outdoors and wants to be able to still have that same functionality. So you have that 120 volt outlet in the back, you have an insulated cooler to keep your drinks, food cold, whatever you want. So just really caters to those kind of demographics. Now I'm gonna go back to the tires because it's the first thing that I always look at and it looks like it has a unique tread on it too. We have, we've expanded the tread on there to make it a little bit wider so it has better traction and capability when you're going on those dirt roads. 
Oh, very cool. So when we take out the trail edition, let's, let's just imagine we're going on a camping trip. Take me on that camping trip with the trail edition. Absolutely. So I would definitely pack some really great drinks um, on the back of the, in the insulated cooler there. Grab my blender just in case I'm making my margarita or something, something cool like that. So we have the 120 volt outlet for that. And I'd get my camping gear in my tent, you know, just my sleeping bag. And, you know, I would try to go out somewhere remote where there's really no one out there but me and, and just, you know, some wildlife and enjoy that and, and really sit back, relax and take advantage of the outdoors and, and what the Tacoma offers out there. Well, let's go inside the cab now. Let's talk about some of the tech that's in the Tacoma. Sure. So we have some really cool tech that um, I'm proud to, to tout for Tacoma. So um, on our TRD Pros, we have the multi-terrain select with crawl control, which is a really cool feature. So whenever you're on kind of the off-road, really uneven terrain, this really helps you take advantage of this feature by taking your foot off the brake, allowing the uh, Tacoma to do your work for you while you just focus on steering and making sure that you're going in the right direction. You're, you're taking advantage of that terrain there. That crawl control must be the most popular feature because I'm thinking, you know, most of us aren't trained to drive off-road. And so this takes some of the pressure off of us to do it. Yeah, absolutely. It automatically adjusts the throttle and the brakes for you. So, I mean, it, it saves you so much time and effort when you can just focus on the road and what's in front of you. <laughs> well, especially if you don't realize you don't have the skills to drive off-road. <laughs> You know, you need something to help you out. It's, it's catered to someone like me who doesn't have that out, outdoor uh, off-road experience. So it gives you one less thing to worry about. That's awesome. So what can I tow with it? Correct. So we have our four-cylinder, which is around 3,500 uh, towing capacity. And then once you get into V6, that's when it starts out around 6,400 and can go up to around 6,800, depending on the grade and trim level. 6,800. That's definitely a bass boat or an ATV that I'm putting on the back there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. Making my vacation even better. Anything from a small boat to an ATV, it's it's all it's all it's all game for that. No, I just love it because you could um, go do your camping and then bring your fun stuff with you to uh, go to the lake or whether you're going to go ATV, you know, and and take off on the trails. This one has it all. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the great thing about our Tacomas is that we it's very versatile. We have something for everyone and you know, with all the different grade mixes that we have and different packages, it's there's something for everyone in our lineup, which is great. Okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot here, Yash. Okay. I want you to build your perfect Tacoma. Well, it already exists. So um, TRD Pro is my perfect Tacoma. You know, that's that has all the features that I think um, that really hit home for me. So what's some of the feedback that you're hearing on the two new special editions? So far, it's been great feedback. We've had a lot of great, uh, you know, great mixes that we've had seen so far. And on top of that, people love the new color lineup we have. So now we've offered our new Lunar Rock on our TRD Pro, and we've offered, now we're offering Cement on the Trail Edition. So a lot of really great colors on our lineup that really stand out for everyone. I like that. Are those the only two new colors? Uh, yes, correct. Okay, cool. That I like uh, the fact that you can differentiate between the gray. Are they flat colors? Um, yeah, they're a little bit more on the matte side of things. So the, the cement's definitely more, a little bit more matte, and then same with the lunar rock. They're, they're kind of similar color tones, but um, still stand apart on their own. 
So what would you suggest for the interior color if you're using one of the two new exterior colors? You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of black. I think that really goes with a lot of different exterior colors. So for me, it would be, it would be a black interior. That's awesome. Now, I understand there's only a limited number of these that you're going to make with the special edition. That is true. Correct. We had, it's a limited time run, and so we've produced a certain amount. So we're hoping people get out there and, and buy them before they run off the lot. Now, is this something, though, that um, I can just go to the dealer, or are you suggesting, since there's such a limited number, that I need to do a pre-order? No, you can go to the dealer. We should have some of those in the, on the dealer lots there. So it's just about finding out the dealership near you that, that would carry those. Now, you got to tell me what the dealers are saying about it, because they always get to see it first. Yeah, we've had lots of dealers just rave about it. They're saying this really adds to our overall lineup. You know, they love the new colors, just the new features that we're offering, and just the overall appearances of Nightshade, Trail Edition, how they stand out. So a lot of great feedback that we're getting from dealers right now. Now, what's the MSRP for or when we're talking about the special editions? So the Trail Edition's kind of around $35,000, and then the Nightshade's around closer to $40,000. See, that, that's just a great price for what you're getting with those. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think for what you're getting, the features you're getting, and the spec, I think it's a, it's a steal. Okay. What about the demographic? I'm going to guess that it's a little bit more male skewed on here, and I'm going to guess a little younger. I, you, you know what? You hit the nail on the head right there. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> and, you know, on, on top of that, the great thing about this is we have a wide array of different customers. You know, those who are using it more for for work and for their traditional everyday work job. And then there's people who still use that and go outdoors with, they go camping. So we have people who are using them for a lot of different uses and, and that's what's great about it. The, our customer base, it's so versatile that they can use it for multiple different uses. Now, when you see somebody start with a Tacoma, what do they graduate to next? We actually see a lot of Tacomas who, Tacoma owners who will come back and, and get another Tacoma, right? They, they're enthusiasts and this community is really passionate about Tacomas, which is great. And so that's what we love about it, that they're, they're kind of in it for the long haul. They're not going to just drive it for a few years and then trade it out for something else. They're going to hold on to their Tacoma until the wheels fall off, which they don't, so, which is great. So it's, 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 it's a great thing to see in a customer base. There's definitely a lot of them out there that are in the six digits for miles. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Those things last forever. And I think what happens is, is that they, you know, the original owner drives it and then passes it down actually. Yeah. And that's, what's great is that it can, you know, pretty much last almost two generations of that. Right. So you have the, the dad who's going through and driving the Tacoma, adding the miles on there and the wear and tear. And then when their son's of age to start driving, then they just kind of hand me down, but it's, you know, I wish I had that as a hand-me-down when I was growing up to have a Tacoma. So trust me, it's not a bad, bad car to have as a hand-me-down. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. So if, if we were on the lot right now, what is the very first feature that you would be showing us? Because that's the one that everyone wants. You know, the cool new one is the, uh, you know, we, it's not new, but we have the off-road tuned suspension on the TRD Pro, which is great. I mean, it makes it so great when you're on those off-road uneven terrains. But then we also have this really cool multi-terrain monitor, which identifies objects surrounding the vehicles. And so it's a really great feature we have standard on our TRD Pro. And it just makes it so much easier when you're on just uneven traction to, to see what's around you. Tell me about the monitor. I mean, is it something that I can visually look at? Yeah, absolutely. It shows up. It's, it, it's actually based off the panoramic view 
monitor that we have built in there on the TRD Pro. And so you can actually see on there where the different um, uneven surfaces are and what's around those, the objects that are around the actual Tacoma. Man, that is too cool. But I mean, it's actual pictures, right? Yeah, it's a live, a live feed, basically. This is like Star Trek and you're going through an asteroid <laughs> field. Yeah, that's what we're going for. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. We, we need to get a cool name for that. I mean, it's, you know, right now it's, it's multi-terrain monitor, but it's, there's always room for evolution, right? Yeah, that is too cool. I love that. Oh my gosh. We are getting closer and closer to Star Trek every day. Yeah, I, I think it's exciting. It's an exciting time for cars right now. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, Yash, is there anything that you're like, Laura hasn't asked me this yet. What the heck? This is the most important thing. You know, I, I do want to do a little plug about just how great Tacoma's been. We've been the, the segment leader for the past 15 years. And this is a segment that's been constantly evolving. You know, we've seen new entrants come in over the past couple of years, and we're going to see continually more and uh, new entrants come in over the next couple of years. So we're really proud of the fact that, you know, Tacoma has a really strong, loyal fan base, and we want to continue catering our products to them. That is awesome. So uh, have you seen any early sales figures yet on the two new additions? We've seen some preliminary numbers and they're looking great. They're, we're definitely seeing strong mixes on those that people are definitely flocking to them and they're seeing the value of them. So it's been great seeing just the overall customer sentiment behind those new special edition packages. That is awesome. Well, Yash, I so appreciate your time today. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we go? No, just really appreciate you having me on here and letting me talk about Tacoma. Thanks to Yash Shah for being on Driving in Heels. Up next, a new report released by the Governor Highway Safety Association and Ford Motor Company has some chilling stats about teens dying due to speed-related accidents. We'll talk to Ford's Director of Driving Skills for Life, Jim Graham, next on Driving in Heels. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home to move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Thanks for checking out this week's episode of Driving in Heels with Laura Reynolds. Let's get back to Laura having a lot of fun talking about cars. I'm Laura Reynolds, and you're listening to Driving in Heels. Speeding-related accidents have increased during COVID, and it's affecting more teens than any other age group. Ford's Director of Driving Skills for Life, Jim Graham, tells us how Ford has free programs to help parents teach good driving skills to their teens. I was kind of surprised. You know, I figured with fewer drivers on the road, accidents would be going down. Well, the, 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 the big number of accidents is going down because there's less traffic on the roads. But the, the final numbers for 2020 haven't come out. But the problem we've seen is a spike in, you know, speeding accidents and crashes, as we call them. 
But I mean, the, if you look at the overall numbers, they will be down because there's just not as much traffic. But as it relates to crashes per miles driven, it's actually up a little bit from what the preliminary data shows. And, you know, you've seen some examples, or especially as it relates to speeding, where people have been pulled over going, you know, really, really high speeds. And I think it's because the roads maybe were less crowded. And people thought, well, I'll just get out there and do something. But, you know, obviously that's dangerous. But, but I, I think the thing is, you know, and, and you know, the data is not there yet for, the, for 2020, but the numbers, you know, for the most part for teens, you know, they have been going down, but there's still about 3,000 a year that we lose every year, teenage drivers. And, of course, speeding is one of the, the big problems with it. And the study we just did confirmed that. I mean, just like teenagers, they're in more, they're in more crashes as a percentage-wise than other groups. And it's the same thing with speeding. You know, the crashes they're in that involve fatalities. It's, it's a larger proportion than other groups outside of the teenage. So you have the inexperience factor, uh, speeding, you know, throwing some additional passengers, maybe nighttime driving. It's just kind of a recipe for disaster. So that's why we talk a lot about following the, the rules of graduated driver's licensing and it limits the number of passengers, it limits nighttime driving, things like that. So parents really need to be aware of kind of what some of the things they need to do, you know, including setting good examples, because one of the things the study also showed is that teens typically learn how to speak from their parents, you know? Yeah, that I believe, you know, you, you pick up bad habits. Yeah, you sure certainly do. So, you know, it's just another thing. I mean, it's, this report wasn't really shocking because it's something we've seen before, but it just kind of confirmed the fact that, you know, as usual, teens tend to take up a larger percentage than they should. They're in more crashes than they're, you know, they should be for their, the size of their group. It's the same thing with speeding. So it's something we got to continually work on. And the Ford Driving Skills for Life program has been around. We're in our 18th year now, which is kind of a record, I think, for corporate programs. But, uh, you know, we're really happy with it. We continue to go around the country and actually around the world. During COVID, we had to shut down the hands-on programs, but we will be back later in the year, hopefully, when it's safe. But, you know, we really focus on working with teens and their parents on advanced driving skills and talking about things they shouldn't do, things they should do, try to give them the right way to do things and let them fail out in our program and then teach them the right way of doing things. So speeding is one of the most important things we focus on. Well, you know, I think some of the things that you just mentioned there about how the numbers are up a little bit in the teen department for driving, you know, unsafely. But um, tell us a little bit about the Ford program itself, all the different resources that you guys can provide yeah. parents and schools. Well, Ford Driving Skills for Life program was launched in 2003, and we're, we're really known for our hands-on training. So in the U.S., for example, we'll do about 20 cities each year except for COVID years when it's been shut down for safety reasons. But normally we'll do about 20 cities. It's all free. It's paid for by the Ford Motor Company Fund, which is the internal foundation of Ford. And we really focus on providing advanced driving skills for teens. So we look at issues that have caused crashes such as speed, space management, vehicle handling, and hazard recognition. So if you come to one of those programs, we'll, we'll set you up with professional instructors, really good instructors, that know, know what they're doing and they'll work with the teens and their parents and take them through various exercises and basically let them fail out on the course and teach them the proper way to do it. Uh, so that's the hands-on component, but we also have virtual programming, which we've been doing throughout COVID and we've been doing since we launched the program. So we have a website called, uh, we have a website which is drivingskillsforlife.com and we have something called the Academy, which is a great online version of our hands-on course. And you know, lots of the materials on there, parenting agreements, you know, you could name it, whatever you think about, it, it's probably there in terms of safe driving. So, you know, we, we typically will, no one, people really like our hands-on program. It's free. Uh, you know, we could do one every day probably, but it all comes down to funding. But, you know, there are virtual resources. So, uh, but it's all about providing additional skills because 
they get their permit, they get their driver's license, but they still lack a lot of, a lot of training. I mean, GDL is, GDL is designed to uh, give them some additional, uh, you know, gradual licensing process. But, you know, even with that, I mean, they, they still lack the time. It's just, they don't have the time. Right. So we try to teach them some things they haven't learned in driver's ed and uh, you know, it's gone great so far. So we're all happy with it. So can you estimate how many people have taken advantage of this program? Because I'm thinking teachers are going. Uh, well, in terms of the hands-on we do, we do, it's, it's in the thousands. I mean, it's in the thousands. And, you know, we, we say we, we touched over a million people in terms of our web base. I mean, it's really hard. We're global, but, you know, each weekend we do a program, we'll touch, you know, we have four sessions. So we have about 100 teens, 100 parents in each session. So that will be about what, two, four, about 800. We have about a thousand people a weekend. And we do about 20 of those a year. So, I mean, it's, it's in the, it's in the high, thousand, you know, tens of thousands. Uh, but the demand is just far outweighs, far outweighs what we can do. There aren't very many advanced driving programs in the U.S. I don't know why that is. It's probably because it's expensive. But we're lucky that Ford is a, you know, is a leader in safety. We've been doing this for a hundred and some years that they, they give us the money to do this. And we partner with a great organization, which is the Governor's Highway Safety Association in all 50 states, including Texas, uh, is a member of that. So when we work with the states, we get them engaged. So, uh, you know, basically it's all designed to provide teens and parents, uh, you know, more experience and for teens in particular, Gives them, give them some tips they didn't learn in driver's ed. I mean, I hate to say driver's ed is too easy. It varies by state, but it is just a, it is just a step. And after that, you have to learn, you know? And so we look at advanced skills they didn't learn in driver's ed. So vehicle handling, for example, you know, what happens when the back end of the car slides out? How do you control it? So we'll talk about things like that. Uh, stopping distances, the weight of the vehicles, things like that. Uh, issues around speed and space management. So they don't learn those things in driver's education. So it's really a chance for them to learn some new things uh, under an instructor that's, you know, a real professional instructor. So driver's ed is what it is. I mean, it's been pulled out of a lot of schools across the country. Uh, back when I was taking driver's ed, you know, back in, uh, well, probably early 70s, you know, it was in, it was in schools. It was free. It's, it's a lot different now if you go around the country. Typically, the parent has to pay for it. And in most cases, it's not in the schools. Right. So it's independent companies. They all try to do the right thing. Uh, but it is what it is, you know, so it's a first step. So we try to be the next step after that. You know? that, that is just really scary. I had no idea they were pulling driver's ed out of school. Yeah, that's happened over the last if we look at the last 17 years, we've seen when we first started, we used to actually go in schools and do assemblies and things like that. But given that it's been pulled out and, and it's nothing against the schools because they have tremendous amount of workload going on, but it's just something that for the most part has been pulled out and as you know, independent companies are doing it and the parents pay for it. So it's just a different scenario than what it used to be. Um, you know, things change and that's just the way it is. I mean, the schools are under tremendous pressure to do, do, uh, do other things. And, uh, but if you think about it, if you think about, you know, the, the issue is that parents get very concerned about all kinds of things, which they should with it relates to a teen. But if you think about the leading cause of death for teens is vehicle crashes, you know, they really should be concerned. And I don't think people really understand that or know that. So part of what we do in all of our messaging, and we're very active on all the social channels is, you know, is talk about the fact that this is an issue you need to be concerned about because, you know, you don't want to see your teen go out and get in a crash, potentially hurt somebody else, hurt themselves or potentially die. Uh, so it's something you need to be aware of. And, you know, I see it all the time. I have a lot of nieces and nephews in my family and I'm, 
just remind it, remind their parents that, you know, you have to be cautious about it. I mean, you don't want to limit them, but you have to put rules in place. And, you know, these parent-teen agreements are very good. I mean, if you sit down and do it right, uh, there's also great technology on vehicles now that you can use. I mean, I know we have Ford MyKey, which is a program that, you know, you can program in the car, you know, speed limits and other things. Other manufacturers have similar things. So there's, that's helping us on that technology front. There's, there's things, but when it really comes down to it, it really is the guardian, parent or guardian working with the teen because they're going to be with them the most time. It's not the driver ed school, a teacher. It's not us. It's the parent or guardian. So that's so important. You know, lead by example, like anything in life. Well, I, I think your program would be great too for, you know, different clubs to get together and, and have, you know, at their club, whether it's, you know, church group or maybe it's FHA or FBLA, you know, any of those clubs. Well, you're exactly right. And we work with FFA, we work with SAD, Students Against Destructive Decision Making. We work with uh, groups like FCCLA. There's a lot of groups we work with. And when we go to a community, we try to bring all those people together. So when we come to an event, like if we do in Houston, for example, well, you know, we bring in all these community groups, uh, we bring in government officials, we bring in first responders, we bring in media, you know, we want to get the word out on what's going on. And, you know, part of it is just letting parents know that, well, I really, I need to be concerned about this a little bit. Uh, you know, we don't want to make uh, too big a deal out of it, but it is a big deal. We don't want to scare them, but we want to take a positive approach to it. But so it is, it is very important. All these groups, we work with all those groups. We try to get them engaged in the program. Uh, a lot of these, you know, student groups in high school now are doing things around safe driving, which is important. So it's the message is getting out and we'll provide grants in some cases because we're part of the foundation within Ford. We can provide grants. So we support organizations like FFA and SAD and other student organizations because we realize that's our target market right there. You know, I mean, they, they need to get engaged. And, uh, you know, they've been very supportive so far. And of course, from the parent side, you know, we just try whatever we can do to get the message out. Uh, so we rely on other people. We come to the community, we rely on all those people to get the message out, just like what we're doing here today. People listening to this, there are resources out there. Uh, there's people that are concerned, you know, governments involved in NHTSA and groups like that. There's a lot of great organizations, including Ford doing this. And so, you know, everybody's concerned about teens. You know, everybody has been a teen and, you know, it's just something that, you know, it's, it's not hard to get people's attention. It's the right thing to do. And we just need to do, you know, we need to continue to do and do a better job. I mean, when you lose 3000 teens a year, it's still a lot, right? Yeah. And you know, we're losing about 36,000 people a year in the U S from crashes a year. So that we talk about, that's like about, I think it's 747 going down every week. You'd hear about that a lot more, right? Yes. Because these happen one at a time. You don't hear about it as much. Unless there's a big crash, like we had a crash in Michigan a few weeks ago involving seven teens. And, you know, basically it was what we're talking about here. They did everything wrong. Luckily, they survived. But you hear about it when usually there's a crash that kills a lot of people. And then, you know, you hear about it and it goes away. But reality is it's happening every day. And it could just be, you know, one car, one teen. But, you know, every time we go to a community, we run into a parent that's lost somebody. And, you know, it's so hard. I can only imagine I have a 30-year-old daughter you know, and it, it's hard because I know even when she was a driving age, I mean, she didn't really want to listen to what I had to say, right? Right. And here I run this big program. So I know it's difficult, uh, but, you know, you just have to be careful because when they're out there, especially if you give them a car, you know, they're and, you know, probably by themselves for the most time, you know, just take black ice, for example, something they're not used to. Uh, there's all kinds of scenarios. And it's not only what you're doing, but you got to watch out for the other driver, right? Right. 
Right. So, you exactly. know, you just got to be, we talk about situational awareness. You just got to be focused, eyes on the road, hands on the wheel, eyes on the road. You know, we keep saying it over and over again, but you really got to pay attention to what's going on, you know, and limit the passengers, things like that. Well, I just, I just love this because, you know, with COVID changing everything and parents are already busy anyway, and then you had a pandemic on top of that, this is just another way to help parents with the kids and training them right. It is. When we, when, when, when we first, when COVID hit and we basically couldn't do our hands-on programs anymore, we, we started doing a lot more virtual training and we have something called the daily drive, which we do every day through our website, which is drivingskillsforlife.com. We've been bringing in uh, instructors to do virtual training. We've been a, bring, bringing in industry leaders to talk about various subjects. We have that every week. That's on our website. Um, but you really can't do enough in this area. I mean, it's just, uh, there's just so much need and there's no one way to get at people. You got the ter- you have the parents, you have the teens. There's a lot of different people you can touch. Um, so, you know, we just keep trying to get the word out. And like I said, we're in our 18th year. So I've been involved with the program since day one. And it's really rewarding to be able to work on something like this. I've been with Ford 38 years now. I was in sales and marketing before, and this is a really fun project because it's so important. You meet young people, you meet parents, everybody wants to do the right thing, let's face it. Uh, And we want, you know, and we do hear back from parents and teens that something we've taught them, they remember, you know, because, you know, they'll remember some of it. And in particular, we hear back and, you know, I remembered something, the car got a little loose and I kind of remembered this and I corrected it. You know, that's good. We haven't had one complaint in 18 years that we taught them to do something ridiculous. I mean, that just doesn't happen. The people that come to our program are really interested in learning. And, you know, we probably get the, you know, the better students. But the bottom line is whoever comes out, they, they pick up a lot and you can pick up a lot virtually. And it's not just for there's other programs out there, too. So I just encourage parents to take advantage of what's out there. You can Google teen safe driving. There's a lot of resources out there. NHTSA, the government organization, has a lot of information. We do. Uh, AAA, there's a lot of great organizations doing things out there and just take advantage of it. And even if it's as simple as sitting down with your teen and doing a parent-teen contract, there's research to show those actually work. But you've got to sit down, fill it out. you got to talk about it. You know, it's like anything. you got to go back and talk about it. And, you know, using the GD, understanding GDL in your state, graduated driver's licensing. We find out when we talk to parents at our sessions, you know, we ask them, do you know what? GDL is a graduated driver's licensing and there's a lot of blank faces, right? So you would typically have a police officer come up because every state's a little different and talk about what the rules are, you know, and it's just, I mean, it's, it's, there's so much stuff going on with parents and teens that maybe this isn't a priority, but once they realize, Oh, there are certain rules, you got to log their, you know, you got to log their hours. You know, there's certain things they can't do at this time for six months, maybe no passengers. You need to know what your state GDL laws are, right? Because they prove they have been proven to really work. You know, they limit the number of passengers is a big issue with young people. You know, if you get a newly licensed driver and if there's three or four friends in there, you just know what's going to happen, right? We've all been there. Peer pressure, things like that. So GDL limits that in many cases, you know. Same thing. No, that is that is such a great point too. That you you just don't think about it. You think, oh, you know, they did driver's ed, done. You know, but there's so many other things as this driver continues to learn. Yeah. Well, you've got to remember in most states, they're probably 15 when they start that process. And in some states, they're 14. Mm-hmm. Some states it might be a little bit older. But, you know, the real risk is when they first get out there on the road. They get a little bit older. They gain a little bit of experience. But then they get to drive more at nighttime. And there's some other factors that come in place. But 
but the research shows that, you know, 16 year old right then is where there's really a lot of potential. Uh, and that's why, you know, we try to get them early. So, uh, you know, everybody tries to do the right thing, but you can't get enough training. That's the bottom line. And, uh, you know, so parents can start early too. And, you know, one thing we know also is that even when teens are younger and they're in a child safety seat of some sort, they're watching what their parents do. Right. Mm -hmm. So they learn at a young age, you know, what their parents are doing, right. Good or bad. So, you know, you got to think about that. You know, kids are very sharp, you know, mom or dad, what are you doing on that phone? Right. <laughs> Serious, right. You or mom or dad, you don't up. buckle up. You don't buckle up. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. 10, 15% depending on what state you're in. People who don't buckle up, you know, just amazing. Well, Jim, and, give us that website one more time so that, you know, parents can take advantage of these resources. Yeah. Drivingskillsforlife.com. That's our Ford program called Ford Driving Skills for Life. A lot of great resources on there and uh, encourage you to take advantage of it. And, uh, you know, and hopefully if we come to your community, we have a list of cities we're going to once we do start back up. And if we come to your community, I would strongly encourage you to get involved. There's no cost. And we try not to turn anybody away. Thank you again to Jim Graham for being on Driving in Heels. Every week, I talk directly to the manufacturers to get you the latest information about vehicles you're interested in. No opinions, just straight back from the automakers themselves. I'm your host, Laura Reynolds, and that wraps up this week's Driving in Heels. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Driving in Heels. There'll be more next week when Laura Reynolds talks directly to the manufacturers about the cars you love and the cars you want to know more about on Driving in Heels. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.